All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, as usual, with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor, here to talk about some NBA free agency as it's just kicked off just about over 36 minutes ago. Lucas and I are going to be talking about some other things, some coaches going to certain places off of the Celtics, an assistant, stuff like that. How are you feeling today, Lucas? No, listen, you know, first and foremost, Patrick, I'm an NBA fan. You know, I love the Celtics, but free agency is always a very fun day for me. You see these crazy things popping off, like a Kevin Durant trade request uh, about five hours pre-free agency. So, you know, definitely got some exciting stuff today, Pat. But, you know, I'm really just waiting for the Celtics to make a move. Hopefully we can recording then and react live. But knowing our luck, Pat, the second we stop recording then, the Celtics are going to sign somebody for the MLE, but. That'll probably be the luck, yeah. Um, definitely we tweeted off uh, from the account today was just a popcorn gift. That's what I put as soon as KD put that trade request in, man. It's let the fireworks begin. You know, 4th of July came early, and we're getting a lot of fireworks in the NBA. Excited to see some of that. Also, uh, if you were hoping that Bradley Beal was heading to Boston at any point, somehow with any type of thought, you could throw that out the window as – Bradley Beal did ink uh, an extension deal as well. He's returning back with um, the Wizards. So just ultimately can knock that off any possibilities of, of Tatum and Beal playing together for yep. the next like five years. Yeah. And Beal, along with the DeJounte Murray uh, rumors, can finally be laid to bed as he was traded for three unprotected first-round picks and yesterday to the Atlanta Hawks. So, you know, we will be seeing some more DeJounte Murray, except he won't be wearing that green and white. Um, but a couple, you know, big rumors, like you said, Beal, you know, they're going to get squashed here. Celtics fans love, you know, all fans love doing this. But, you know, Celtics fans love speculating about some big fish that we can get, you know, inevitably for the South play on those big fish nine out of ten times. So I'm kind of glad those rumors are going to be put to put to bed, Pat. I don't know about you, but I, I'm ready to talk about actual moves that happen. Um, and, you know, and once that happens, Pat and I will be here to cover it. But, you know, Pat, you mentioned at the top of the show, man, got to put in a good word, man, for Will Hardy. Uh, one of the Celtics' top assistants, man, really certified himself as a terrific coach on this staff. You know, players spoke to how important he was on the team. We kind of spoke about him actually preseason as well. Really liked what he was going to bring. He's been rewarded with a, a five-year contract from the Utah Jazz to be the head coach. He's quite young, not even 40 yet, so – you know, shout out to Will Hardy to him leave because I think he had a pretty big impact on the seas. But, you know, you're not, you don't want to be an assistant coach for the rest of your life. So shout out to Will Hardy, man. He got a chance to, you know, be a part of that Utah Jazz potential rebuild they got going on over there. So just got to shout out Will Hardy, man. Yeah, congrats to Will Hardy. We'll probably see a little bit more action from Utah in general as uh, it proceeds because, you know, once you get your coach in the door and you guys kind of put a game plan forward, you start seeing things roll. Good luck to Hardy over there in Utah. And Danny Ainge went ahead and, and picked that the Celtics staff. Uh, didn't take long either. Didn't take long at all. Uh, but also, uh, I think a deal that affects the Celtics and, and a guy that I potentially would have been interested in as well during this free agency was uh, Joe Ingles going to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's a, a great steal really? for Milwaukee. I thought that was a good. I thought it was a good pickup for Milwaukee. You know, oh, did that just break? I didn't see that. Um, no, uh, it didn't just break. He signed a one-year, six point five million dollar deal though with them, just like probably like six minutes ago. So, 
Um, I thought that's a oh, huge wow. addition, man. I, I like what the Milwaukee Bucks have done so far. This is a team that we are going to have to go through throughout that's the playoffs. And for them to get Wesley Matthews back and, and sign, you know, Joe Ingles, get Javon Carter. Javon like Carter. This, <laughs> they're reamping for another title run. And, you know, having a healthier team next year, you know, anything can happen. And that's a team that we're going to have to probably go through in the East through the next few years. So huge signing for them. It sucks that we weren't able to, to land Joe Ingles, though, man. No, that's you – know, listen, I'm right there with you, Pat, on how you feel about the signing for the Bucks. You know, he hurt us. He tore his ACL. So he might not be ready for the start of the season, but it's one year, $6 million. That's a terrific flyer on, you know, kind of a point forward who can shoot it. You know, he's not going to have to be a lockdown guy with the type of defense that Milwaukee plays, you know, with Giannis playing free safety, Brooke Lopez protecting the rim, Drew Holiday taking the tough assignments. So – you know, personally, I love that for the I love that for the Bucks, and I really don't love that for the rest of the East because, like you said, we're gonna have to go through the Bucks. They're gonna be healthier next year, most likely. I think Budenholzer maybe will realize that Javon Carter minutes were actually better than George Hill minutes. Um, you know, they brought him back on a two year deal today, so you know the Bucks strengthening. Pat, we can kind of touch on some other East moves that were made. Um, PJ Tucker was brought in to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers three-year, $32 million deal. Now, for me, Pat, I'm glad that that money did not go to the Celtics because, for, or come from the Celtics, I should say, because I don't necessarily think paying a 37, 38, 39, 40-year-old $11 million uh, you know, dollars a year is not really where I want to allocate our resources, especially an aging veteran who, you know, his main appeal is toughness, man. It's not really anything like, you know, he's a good corner three-point shooter. He's a good defender. I get that. But at a guy's his age, I would rather spend the money somewhere else. Um, you know, as much as I want veterans, I think that's probably just committing a little bit too much to a little bit too old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for me, it wasn't so much the amount of money per year. It was the length of the term of the deal that I thought was a little off-putting. Um, definitely would have been more interested in maybe like a two-year uh, two 15 mil is something I would have been more comfortable with and or getting him for like a one year 10. I would have been cool with like one year at 10, but um, paying him 10, 11 million over the next three years. Philly though is it makes sense for them. Right. And this is why it makes sense for them is that they are doing anything they can to maximize the years of the prime of Joel Embiid. And they're trying to put, you know, good defenders around him and also help, with you know James Harden as well, having a guy that he's already played with and is comfortable around, as well as hitting him in the corners and stuff like that. So there's some chemistry there already, and they're definitely trying to push for something. So uh, I wouldn't count the Sixers out. I think they're going to be doing a, some more moves here um, throughout the offseason. So definitely on the lookout for what they're trying to do as well. Yeah, no, I mean, the Heat also brought back Deadman. They brought back Oladipo. So it seems like they're loading up. Uh, you know, about 20 minutes ago, apparently, they also put in an offer. Oh, my bad. Um, I switched to the Heat from the Sixers. But uh, no, but the Heat also, you know, they're still making moves. They just put in an offer for uh, for Donovan Mitchell about 20 minutes ago, a trade offer. So, you know, they could be looking to blow it up. But as far as the Sixers go, man, I think this is a good move, Pat, along with getting Melton. You know, in that trade, they traded pick number 23 for DeAndre Melton or DeAnthony Melton. Excuse me. I really like DeAnthony Melton. Add some perimeter defense, you know, some athleticism to that backcourt because, you know, Harden doesn't necessarily bring either of those things at the stage of his career. So, you know, Philly as well, beefing up, Pat, you know, to make another run in the East. But, uh, 
I don't know, man. How are you feeling about the uh, how are you feeling about where the Celtics stack up right now? I know there's a long way to go the off season, you know. Well, how are you feeling about where we stack up in the East? Pat? Well, we're kind of a rare case to where every player that ended up getting minutes throughout the NBA Finals is under contract next year. So Celtics are just kind of in a really comfortable position to where this team was so good that it was two games away from a championship, but you still got everybody coming back. And a lot of those guys have room to grow and improve as players. So as well as when you take those things into consideration, the Celtics just kind of are in a good spot. So they're not forced to make any moves as, as much as all these other teams. So I think they're just playing the the weight game right now, trying to see how the chips fall. Probably going to see if they can get a couple players here or there, but uh, I just don't expect them to be overly aggressive because at this point they don't have to be overly aggressive. I think uh, if anything, and nobody wants to hear this, but the year after, you know, with a lot of these contracts going to be more up in the air, um, the Celtics will definitely have a bit more flexibility, especially with like an Al Horford contract off. Yeah, you know, I think we stack up pretty well, man. And I think it's imperative that, you know, I've been this way for a while, man. You don't need to make any massive moves, like you said, two games away from winning the NBA Finals. Make some ancillary moves. Increase your depth. Make it so you're not relying solely really on Peyton and Grant outside of your top six guys. You know, those are terrific role players to have, but you don't want to put too much of a burden on them. So just add a few guys, whether it be with the TPE, whether it be in free agency. Um, you know, I think that's all the Celtics have to do. And I think they're, you know, right back in the swing of things. Um, I do think Milwaukee, though, especially with this Joe Ingles edition, man. I mean, if they come back healthy, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Because, you know, Giannis is still the best player in the NBA for me. You know, I'm less worried about Philly, honestly. Not really worried about the Philadelphia Rockets once they trade for Eric Gordon, too. Daryl Morey getting the boys back together. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be a tough road. I think the KD thing has to shake out, obviously, Pat, um, before, you know, we really can talk about how the East is going to look. Um, but the Hawks, you know, they improved. Um, I'm not really scared of them either, but, you know, I think the Celtics, you know, they'll make some they'll, they'll make some smaller moves here. And unfortunately, Pat, you know, I wanted to do the show during free agency so maybe we could react live to a move. But at the end of the day, I think the real big day you want to look for for the Celtics is July 18th. And, Pat, you know why, right? Why is that? Because that's when the TPE expires that we got for Evan Fournier. Oh, man. So that is really the bigger move the Celtics are going to make as opposed to a move in free agency. It's probably a trade, you know, with, with some draft capital along with Tice and, or maybe a guy like Neesmith or, God forbid, maybe Grant Williams. I would like him to stay. But, you know, that's really the move that probably will be the bigger domino, the bigger chip than whoever we sign in free agency. But, you know, I'm not ruling out signing, a, you know, an impactful uh, MLE player here for the Celtics. And, you know, probably might as well just discuss, you know, who are some guys we'd like. Yeah, um, one of those guys that I think uh, we both kind of like, depending on the amount of money he gets, obviously. But And it looks like Jake uh, Fisher. So I know he sometimes says his reports are, are sometimes accurate. So he tweeted out, sounds like Gallinari will be deciding between Chicago and Boston for his next team. The Bulls have much of the full MLE to offer, roughly $8 million and a hair more than the Celtics, but Boston appears to be Gallo's preferred landing spot. So we're definitely uh, going to keep uh, everything like that a close eye on. I would love to have 
Gallinari here in Boston for a year under even from like eight to 7 million is fine with me as well. So if the Celtics are able to put him in an MLE, man, I, I think that's a solid veteran move with a guy who can really sh- shoot the ball. Absolutely, man. I mean, Gallinari was traded from the Hawks to the Spurs and the DeJounte Murray trade as salary filler. The Spurs instantly waived him. So he hit the market and Honestly, from an unbiased basketball perspective, yeah, the Celtics are going to definitely be a better scenario for uh, Gallinari. You know, Gallinari's, I would say his biggest weakness, probably his defense. And uh, I think his, those holes will be covered up a lot better on a team with the best defense in the NBA, Boston, as opposed to a team that doesn't really have a great defense in Chicago. You know, I've lived in Chicago, though. It's a phenomenal city. So if they're willing to pay him a little more money, you know, listen, I'm not going to blame the guy, but. Gallinari would be awesome to add to our bench. You know, he's a, he's a guy who can, you know, he can get buckets. You know, we've been torched by him before. He's a, he's quite a good three point shooter. He has size. Um, he's not an absolute turnstile on defense, but he's definitely not a good defender in my opinion here, but I, I would like him, you know, especially for listen for the minimum, the vet men, which is 2.9 million, about 3 million, one year, 3 million. I think that would be phenomenal. Now, I honestly am not sure what Gallinari's market would be. Uh, it probably would command closer to the, the MLE, um, which is, you know, for us, like six million, six and a half million. So I'm not sure how keen I would be on the MLE going to him, but given the market, the lack of good wings, truthfully, the lack of good players available for the MLE, I could live with Gallinari at the MLE. But Pat, this is kind of, there's another guy, though, similar archetype of player, you know, a bucket getter. A wing. Are we talking about my guy, are, bro, that I was talking about last year? You are a little bit higher on, yes. And, you know, I've kind of come around on the idea of him. I still have my skepticism. Um, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't be mad at it at the MLE. Is Sir TJ Warren. Um, you know, who he is, he's a 6'8 bucket getter. He's a mid-range god. He really, you know, improved his range the last couple of seasons out to three-pointer, shooting over 40% from three the last couple of seasons. And I could really see him being a pretty good target. Uh, for the Celtics and MLE. I know you're a little higher on him than me, so Pat, why would you love, you know, Sir TJ Warren coming off the bench for uh, uh, for our Boston Celtics? Yeah, Warren's a guy that I really like just because of his length and size, his ability to be switchable on defense. Uh, he's a solid – he's about an average to just slightly above average defender, which in our system is going to make him look good as well. So just a guy who really overall fits the scheme. But also you're talking about a guy who can instantly – arguably be your second best bench player, right? Right behind Derek White. Um, There's even potential that some nights he might look better than Derek White, and that's fine too because you're going to need it. Um, It puts a lot less pressure on Derek White to be as uh, efficient and good every night like me and Lucas would have wanted him to be more of. I'm not saying that he still shouldn't strive for that, but a guy like having Warren out there definitely makes the pressure on somebody like that play a little bit more freely. Like, oh, man, I don't have to drop like 20, you know, 18 points off the bench tonight, you know, it's, I could just have 12 and eight, you know, and and you can let Warren come in and he can drop like another 12 and pitch in. So it's just like having that relief of of pressure as well as a six man, I think could be really relieving. And overall uh, he's going to allow us to sit, you know, maybe a Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If he comes in and he's having one of those good hot nights, now we get the rest, one of our stars, an extra couple minutes while he kind of rolls and carries that load. Um, Something we definitely didn't even have the option of, as we saw Jason Tatum sometimes having to to play like 46 minutes in a game, you know, so can't even trust a guy in there for two minutes. So whereas Warren is a guy like, I feel like you could trust him sometimes for, for five, six minutes stints uh, if he's really got it going. So 
just an overall thing that I've, I've noticed he can impact and, and help in a lot of small different ways and a lot of small wins equal to big opportunities to, to help the team. Yeah. I'm with you. I think the thing that we kind of have to mention uh, is the last time TJ Warren really played basketball was like about two years ago. Um, you know, he deals with a lot, he's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, uh, you know, as of late. Uh, yeah, the la- literally the last full season he played was the bubble season. He played four games in the 2020 season, did not play at all last season. So that's why I, that's why, like, you know, I have my questions, why I'm a little skeptical and why I would be more willing to pay him that vet minute also. Like, I, same thing with Gallinari, but once again, I think the market's going to dictate that given the weakness of the class. He probably slots into more of the MLE. So I could live with it, but, you know, Pat, it's just tough for me to want to use our pretty much our – the big chunk of our cap space on a guy who has not played basketball in two years. That seems like a, uh, a risky move to me. And now, you know, some people have hit me with the, oh, he's resting for two years. Okay, well, I hear that, dude, but you can't simulate live basketball action in two years is a long time. And it's not like TJ is getting any younger. I believe, what is he, Pat, 31, 29? He's 31. Yeah, he's in that range. So he's not getting any younger. But, listen, I could definitely be talking to TJ Warren. You know, and he's a bucket getter, man. He's a mid-range god. And that's, you know, I've talked about it on the podcast multiple times. That's exactly what I want kind of on the Celtics. A guy coming off the bench who can get his. Um, who can get his at any moment, really. And, you know, we saw TJ go for 50 in the bubble. You know, that might have been a bubble apparatus there, but I do still think he absolutely is a good option still. And we have some breaking news here, Pat. Patty Mills just stayed in Brooklyn. Damn. Patty Mills back to the Nets. Oh, for um, only like seven and a half million, man. That, that hurts my heart. But the, I'm happy for Patty, though, because Patty turned on 6.5 million to get a little more. And I think Patty Mills is a terrific player, honestly. You know, I love watching him for Australia, so I'm happy for the guy, but I would have liked him in Boston. Speaking of bucket getters, that's what Patty Mills is, man, absolute bucket getter. But uh, now this next situation is interesting, Pat. I really am looking forward to see how this plays out. So uh, this is not necessarily Celtics-related, but it obviously is, affects the Celtics in the grand scheme of things. Pat, where do you think Kevin Durant is most likely going to end up, and uh, where do you think you kind of want to see him end up as a Celtics fan also? Um, I think Phoenix figures it out. I think figure, I think Phoenix figures it out somehow and gets him in in the Suns uniform. I don't know how. I know that the first offer was like you know type of sign trade around DeAndre Ayton, maybe Cam Johnson, Bridges, and some picks, right? Um, and then Nets kind of want Booker, but I think when the Nets end up realizing that like there's not much out there that people are going to be able to give at a Booker level. I think that's what's going to end up like slowly putting down the price on Katie. Not saying he's not, he's not going to get traded for a ransom because he's going to get traded for ransom. We talked about it. He might be the best free agent available or not free agent, but best player available who has four years left on his contract that's ever been available for trade and so open about trading him. So, uh, it, the market's going crazy for him. I guarantee you there's a lot of teams right now trying to maneuver, find ways to like calculate how they can get him. And then there's also the report that he possibly wants to still play with Kyrie. So then you're talking about like 70 million of, of like cap space you might have to have. If you try to get both of them. So it's, it's interesting. I think he ends up in Phoenix, but I would love to see Kevin Durant. If he was able to get into Dallas somehow, I just think that'd be amazing. 
I think him and Luca would just be super. Oh, I fun want. To watch. I would love to see that actually. Personally. Yeah, I th- that's where I would want him to go, but I don't. I don't think he goes there. No, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see Kyrie Irving in Dallas, honestly, Pat. Because um, oh, Jay Sean Tate back to Houston. Okay, dang, that was kind of a guy I had my eye on, but I like you know, Tate too. I like I, Tate too. I didn't really think he was ever coming, but no, I mean the KD thing. Listen, I think the Suns is a very realistic possibility. It's where he wants to go. Um, but honestly, he's kind of at the mercy of the Nets right now. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. The Nets should, in my opinion, and I think they will, um, end up just trading for the best haul because a guy has four years guaranteed left on his deal. You can't just cater to him and screw your team over. This is going to be a massive move. So whoever offers you the best package, dude, I don't care if it's the Shanghai Sharks or if it's the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, if it's the Dallas Mavericks, whoever offers you the best trade package, that's absolutely who you need to uh, – absolutely who the, the Nets need to trade for. But I think it's just a whole disaster over there, honestly, man. And, you know, as much as I love my guy Kyrie, you know, his, his game is one of the most appealing for me in NBA history. I love how he plays the game. You know, it just comes – it comes with a whole lot. And I think it says a lot to say that, that Kevin Durant wants a trade and he requested the trade publicly until after Kyrie accepted his player option, opted in. So uh, – you know, it's a little bit of speculation there, but I'm just saying I'm glad that our team is built the way it is, Pat, and uh, we don't have any, you know, anybody taking away attention from anything but basketball pretty much on our team, Pat. Uh, it feels good. No, absolutely. You know, like I said, we're kind of in a really good situation right now, right? A lot of these teams are trying to improve. Why? Because their team didn't make it to the NBA championship. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't look to improve. We definitely should because everybody else is trying to catch us. You want to keep that gap. But the best part about the Celtics, this free agency, is that they have a gap to work with of talent, right? That they're already ahead of everybody else. It's like you're starting a race and you get a head start. And the Celtics got a head start. You know, they're they're like one of the best teams in the East. So um, no matter how this free agency really goes through or anything like that, the Celtics are going to be one of the the heavy hitters for the uh, for the Eastern Conference next year, regardless of the situation. So we're just kind of watching now as these teams, you know, especially throughout the Eastern Conference, are shaping up because, you know, you got Miami making moves, you got Sixers making moves, and you got the Bucks making moves, all, got, all teams that were in the playoffs and, and made it pretty deep. So Celtics definitely got to be on the lookout as far as who they're going to be worried about um, next season and trying to get through. Um, but they need to start matching it. I definitely want, want to see some type of action from the Celtics during free agency. doesn't have to be a big move, but, you know, let's let's go kid out there and uh, get maybe Warren or something, man. Don't don't come up short. Maybe Gallo as well, but also I'm reading more reports on it, man. It's, it's sounding like Chicago, you know, is offering two years and 15 mil, and the Ooh. Celtics offered one year, six and a half. So... Um, Gallo might it's it's more so does he value role and you know term or does he value money like what what's what's kind of going to happen I'm not going to listen I'm not going to blame listen I live in Chicago I live in Boston right with all due respect I love my Boston but if you're offering me double the money to live in Chicago listen if I was in Gallo's shoes hey I'm not going to blame the guy you know I know when it's the length. It's the length, not really the money. I think he's going to be make like an extra like a million years. You get double the money. Honestly, it's almost triple the money, really. But uh, no, I listen. I understand. You know, I understand when people get on athletes. Oh, they chase the money. 
you know, okay, uh, you know, well, don't you want ring a uh, ring instead? Don't you want a legacy? Well, I think for a lot of these athletes, man, you know, money can help feed your family for generations and legacy, you know, doesn't, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not really one to blame athletes for going to get their money. That's not really something that I'm keen to do. So, you know, if they want to get paid, man, they can go get paid. But uh, listen, Gallinari, basketball-wise, like I said earlier, man, if he came to Boston, I think that suits him as a player much, much better than Chicago. But, you know, Chicago's not – it's not like they've got a terrible thing going on over there. I just think their defense is weaker. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't blame Gallo for going there. But, Pat, I think yeah, all, all signs are pointing to T.J. Warren, Pat. That's kind of how it feels at this moment, and I know that makes you a very happy man, but – I think that's where this MLE might end up going, man. The more I think about it, I'd be I'd be super happy because he's the ultimate. Like we talked about, how risky it is, right? I mean, his floor and ceiling is just everywhere. Like he can end up never even really playing games for us ever because he's just never gets back into shape or something happens, right? Or he could end up carving out like a twenty-minute role, like. <laughs> he could be off the roster or 20-minute roll. That's how different of a gap is. And if he's able to give us 15, 20 minutes of productivity, like solid productivity, we get way better. And so um, the Celtics, I think, definitely need to, to take an opportunity and stab at it. I mean, especially if it's only an MLE. Like if an MLE has a potential of winning you a championship, that's huge. That, that means that ceiling is pretty high. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, I 100% agree with the fact that TJ Warren is a very – he's a high-variance player, right? You know, high risk, high reward. The reward could be the difference between winning and losing a playoff series, winning and losing a championship. And the risk uh, – the risk is not necessarily so terrible that if he doesn't work out that we're a bad team or anything. But if you see some other players, you know, who went for similar – contracts who are performing well who have been playing the past couple of years you know maybe that's where you say oh okay that's the difference between winning and losing a playoff series um but i honestly have faith uh, i have faith in tj one as a player it's more the health that concerns me tj can become a black hole at times you know a la kind of what mook did you know maybe a couple of years ago but he's a talented shot maker and i'm kind of looking for a guy who's willing to take shots so that doesn't scare me away too much and I don't think Ime is going for any 25-shot TJ Warren performances. So I don't think we need to worry too much about that. Um, Lonnie you know, Walker just, headed to the Lakers right now as well. He just agreed to a deal with the Lakers. That's a good signing for the Lakers, man. That pains me to say. Let's, that's, see, to me, that's low risk, high reward right there. That's, that's, what, uh, that's what Malik Monk leaves, and they went in for Lonnie Walker and said. So. And the, the, the terms of Lonnie Walker's deal are not out yet, but – I wanted Lonnie Lewis. That's I would say that's the first guy I was really had on my list of guys that others could grab. And that is off the board now. Uh, so Warren, exactly. Warren is just slowly, slowly creeping into that. One year, six point five. Yeah, that, that's Lonnie. a money line. That would have been our MLE. That's what we call a prove it deal, right there. So I mean, I shouldn't even say Lonnie was the first. Actually, I would say that Joe Ingles and Batum were on my list as well. Um, but two, I kind of knew was going back to LA. But listen, Lonnie was a guy I was willing to take a flyer on, but he's not a shooter, man. Right now, he does not have a consistent jumper, and I think that you know it's not really what we need, man. It's another guy who can handle the ball as a guard, who who is not really spacing the floor, you know, keeping the defense honest. But uh, 
he is pretty dynamic athletically, and I am a fan of his game. But, you know, he goes to the Lakers. I'm happy for the guy once again. Goes to get to play on a big stage after kind of being buried on the on the uh, the Spurs bench, you know, because they have a plethora of guards over there. So, well, we'll see how long he does in L.A., man. But a little disappointing, but I'm not really crushed. I'm not crushed by losing out on Lonnie Walker, Pat. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be crushed either. Also, I mean, there have been uh, some rumblings. There's not, there hasn't been anything overly credible stating it, but um, I'm sure it's not crazy to think that the Boston Celtics wouldn't consider Kevin Durant. I'm not saying that the it's 100% true that he is or anything like that. But, Lucas, if the Celtics were to be in the race for Durant, how would that make you feel? And also, possibly... What do you think Kevin Durant could look like on the Celtics if he got over here? Uh, you know, we've debated this, right? We've debated this. Yeah. Um, so it depends on what the trade package is, really. Um, I personally, this is just me. I don't really want to mortgage the future by giving up Jalen Brown and four unprotected picks, three unprotected picks for Kevin Durant. And I can see how a lot of people are going to look at me and say, take off the green goggles. Obviously, Kevin Durant is a better player. And I'm, all, I'm not going to disagree with the fact that Kevin Durant is a better player than Jalen Brown by a pretty wide margin. But my thing is, that is, you are one injury away. And now people will also probably say, you can say that about Jalen. Okay, Kevin Durant has had some pretty significant injuries over the last few years of his career. He is smut, He's a decade older than Jalen Brown. You are really one injury away from being, okay, well, now we just traded a guy who we could have locked up for the next four or five years and actually had a nice little core with, and we still have our picks, you know, to add to the roster to keep steadily improving. Now you don't have those picks and you don't have that guy. And it's not, and you know, it's just, I would say it's the injury history and the age difference for me are the two big things, Pat, where I just, I don't love the idea of giving up Jalen. Now, if you wanted to talk me into smart and Al Horford's money and some picks, man, I don't really think the Nets are going for that, so I don't know if that conversation is worth having. But that's what if it's Robert Williams in that deal as well? Are you what? What do you? What are you saying? Like, say three, because this is what I think it might have to be. If you don't include Jalen or Jason, obviously, um, I think you're looking at a smart Robert Williams, Grant Williams, and three or four first round picks. You got to put that. Uh, is that money going to work? I feel like Horford's got to be in there. I think Marcus Smart and Grant with the extension as well. Yeah, he, I mean, he has and Robert, and then well, well, I think you can do a sign Actually, and trade. Rob, Rob got extended. I think it would work. And then Rob got the extension as well. I think it ends up working out. And then uh, I'll test it out real quick. But uh, you know, the thing with me about that trade, Pat, is that okay, dude? I love the idea of getting Kevin Durant for guys you know who are not on Jalen or Jason's level, right? We're not top twenty-five, not top thirty players. However, you want to. Right. However, you want to chop it up. But my thing is gutting, and you know, this comes down to a, ph- a philosophy thing, a team building philosophy. Would you agree that trading smart, say it was smart, white, and, and, uh, well, let's just say it was smart, Grant, and, uh, Rob, right? Yeah. Do you think that's gutting the team too much with KD? Because, and you say you, that's going to take three or four picks at least. And you know, they're going to want right, right, some right. very minimal protections on these picks. We're not talking top 10 protected, okay? We're talking top three, top five, unprotected. Uh, this is where I, I see it, though, right? So say say I don't. the reason I don't think it's as gutted as people think is because now your starting lineup, right, is well, – our, our, our identity is gone. 
do you start Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Al Horford? No, that's phenomenal. Um, Who's on our back? Your sixth man will probably is, is probably going to be Warren <laughs> on the money line. On the MLE. MLE, yeah, Warren. And if Warren works out, then you're chilling. Then you're chilling, bro. Then, then you're about as good as, good as you were last year, except for you have Kevin Durant. No, okay, but the okay. I think that you sacrifice a lot of your identity in the defense in losing Smart and Rob to all NBA defensive players for a guy who's a no, who's I, a phenomenal offensive talent, right? Phenomenal offensive talent. But we're seeing the toll that these injuries and age have taken on KD, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, right? So you're selling out your identity that brought you to the finals. You now are, after worrying about minute loads for these guys who are young, you are now throwing a, a 34-year-old into the mix with less people to try and bail them out of minutes. So listen, I don't know. That scares me. I think that, listen, I preach, I can't switch up all of a sudden now. I've been preaching built, not bought, right? This whole season, this whole playoff run. We got here from building this team. The era of the super teams is over. Look at the Warriors. All those players, man, that's a built, that's a built squad. You know, they cashed out on they cashed out for Andrew Wiggins gonna trade, but that's not really what I consider buying your team. Bro, you if know, they can't trade for a first round overall draft pick, man, to help win a championship that was huge to necessary second best player for them. Um No, but that's not but that's, not, that's not buying a No, listen, that's not buying a championship. You know, the KD championships, that's a different story. But for me, man, I'm all about the built not bought. I want the security. And I, I, honestly, Pat, I'm just taking the safer option in my opinion. And, and, and the reason why I think it's okay in this scenario for me to say that, because I understand scared money don't make money. you got to take risk to win big. I totally get that. But the big reason why I'm okay taking the safer option here is we were two games away from the finals, from winning the finals. And I think that we can add to this core and make us even better without sacrificing our identity and three, three of our seven, our seven best players. Now, if that trade went down, right? No, I'm not throwing a tantrum, okay, dude. Kevin Durant is an all-time great NBA player. He's one of my all-time personal favorite players, you know, of his game. You know, okay, his antics I don't really care about. Off the court, his tweets and stuff, whatever. I'm not – I don't really care about that stuff. Um, but he's an all-time great player. So, listen, I'm not, you know, not going to be sitting here crying, stomping my feet. But I would say that, you know, hey, I think the risk is honestly greater getting him than not getting him. So, when the ceiling is as high as two games away from an NBA championship – I'm saying we keep building off that. Don't sacrifice your core. Don't sacrifice your identity. Keep building. You know how scary the Nets defense would be if Ben Simmons comes back healthy and they had Marcus Smart and Robert Williams? That team, that team can't want... shoot. That team can't shoot, but uh, man, could that team defend. Oh, my God. They have lethal Williams, too. No, no, that would be phenomenal defense, honestly. And then they, they, they try to recoup some draft assets that they lost for the Houston trade. And you know who's the big winner in all this every, all this drama, Pat, is the Houston Rockets. Yeah, it's Houston all day. I mean, they, they won that Harden trade. They're the huge winner. They have four, I believe, what is it, four picks and a couple picks. Five, it's five. They have four, they have four outrights and then one swap. I was going to say, yeah, four picks and one pick swap. And those picks are unprotected. Brooklyn, did you learn nothing from the Kevin Garnett-Paul Pierce trade? Did you learn nothing? I mean, listen, the Nets, if KD, if KD leaves, you know, obviously the Hall is going to be nice, so they're not going to be, you know, a god-awful team, probably. They still have Ben Simmons, and they're probably going to move on from Kyrie. 
But, man, if the Nets have a bad year in the next five, six, seven years, man, the Rockets are going to be able to add an elite player to an already terrific, in my opinion, young core. So they're going to be able to – they're just going to have multiple draft assets for the next five, six, seven years. I think the Rockets are the huge winners because, you know, as a Celtics fan, we saw firsthand how those unprotected picks can put you uh, from a good position to a great position like we're in right now. So for me, I love what the Rockets are doing, man. And I'm um, happy for a couple guys I know who cover the Rockets, man. They're going to be uh, elated with this KD news today. Yeah, man, it's KD. I think is going to add a little bit more stoppage to some of the free agency once it kind of cools off here, which it looks like it has cooled off quite a bit. Um, wonder how many of these deals kind of got done prior to uh, when it should have. How much tampering was getting done? But you know, you can kind of see the gap in in how often these signings are popping off, but. No, man, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Celtics end up doing now. The offseason is officially, officially open. You know, people are getting traded. People are signing to new teams. Man, the NBA just doesn't ever stop entertaining, and I'm just happy that we get to experience it and cover it, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know what they say about the NBA? Uh, there's no offseason with the NBA. I mentioned last podcast I'm kind of a sicko. I almost like the offseason more. Than I like during the season, almost not quite. I, I like the basketball more at the end of the day, but off season is where championships are won. And I think a ton of entertaining stuff happens in the off season. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the drama is usually not surrounding the Celtics. So it doesn't really stress me out. It doesn't make me, you know, Oh my God, what's going to happen. You know, barring, you know, the Kemba Kyrie summer. Okay. That's was an exception, but it feels like the Celtics are usually a little quieter in the summertime and uh, the drama is happening elsewhere. So Pat, I live for that, but um Nick Claxton is returning to the Nets also. So the Nets trying try to see where, where Bruce Brown is. He hasn't signed yet, right? A local guy, Bruce Brown, man. Bring him to Boston. I would love that energy off the bench. Oh man, him and him and Derek White would be dope coming off the bench together. Nice little one two punch. Hmm. Let's see here. It's very, no, it's very interesting what the Nets are doing, honestly, man. Like you know, obviously they have this whole tra- trade KD thing, but they traded a first- and they traded for Royce O'Neal, right? Say they traded a first round pick for Royce O'Neal. They brought back Patty. They brought back Claxton. You know, they're they're going to look to compete. So I don't think the Nets are going to be god awful, but they have to. It just goes to show why the argument of built not bought is always better because all these teams that are bought haven't won jack, besides LeBron's teams. Okay, that's it. Because. The Nets, do you remember, Pat, the, the Nets team pre-KD and Kyrie? That scrappy team, man, who had an identity. And they were building culture with Kenny Atkinson. You know, then they bring in KD and Kyrie. They pay KD 38 mil to rehab, basically. You know, that Nets team was scrappy. People led them. And then they fired the coach. You know, they bring in Steve Nash. They go away from their little identity they had by trading for James Harden. And they don't win anything, man. They win nothing. And all they have left to show for it is no first-round picks, pretty much, and Ben Simmons. So that's why, for me, I lean built, not bought. But I'm not going to go crying if KD ends up in the Kelly Green pat at the end of the day. Unless it's for Jalen Brown and, like, picks. You know, then I'm, like, honestly going to be pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I still do the deal, possibly. I consider it. I still consider it because, I mean – 
like we talked about too, man, there's no guarantee to even get back to the finals, right? And we talked about how at least I, I feel even more stronger about it is the Bucks, you know, coming back next year healthy and stuff and, and the signings that they have, like that's pretty concerning, you know, in a sense. And you look at a, a guy like Giannis and you're like, man, that's that's a tough ask. And you know, Jalen Brown was was really good throughout the playoffs and everything, but there's a different level of attention and, and efficiency that comes from a Kevin Durant. And, you know, he's the type of guy out there that gets you the same amount of points that Jalen Brown is maybe putting up throughout the playoffs, but with like six less shots and putting a lot of pressure. And then on top of it, Kevin Durant next to a Jason Tatum, Tatum might actually get the second best defender instead of the number one defender all the time. And all I got to say is that, uh, you know, Jalen was more efficient than Katie in this playoff run, Pat. That's all I got to say. Yeah, it was it was uh, unfortunate because Kevin Durant. Yeah, I know that's a little unfair, obviously, of Katie. Uh, you know, <laughs> Kevin Durant played the number one defense, and Jalen Brown uh, was <laughs> guarded by Kyrie Irving and Bruce Brown. Um, well, James Harden and the Sixers are going to negotiate their new deal. I think that's a win for everybody in the Eastern Conference. You know, I'm on record. You know, I think. You know, as he used to put fear in my heart, I don't think he's that guy anymore. I think he's still a very good player, but. I don't think he's, you know, a 10 guy anymore. That's just not how I see James Harden. But, Pat, listen, I, man, I wish we got some uh, I wish we got some more Celtics news this episode. That would have been fun to live react. But, you know. No, still- we'll, definitely, uh, we'll definitely let the days kind of progress here, and we'll, we'll see what Lucas and I can uh, cook up here, maybe another uh, podcast. Now, listen, if the Celtics make a move, we'll be here. We'll be here ASAP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ASAP. As, uh, as soon as we can after the signing, you know, get in here. And honestly, you know, folks, we record on Spotify Live. You know, we have a lot of new listeners in the room today. Shout out to everybody who popped in. Honestly, we know free agency is a big time. And, you know, before we record our shows, usually, you know, we open up the room. We have a nice discussion with, you know, regulars, you know, some new people, whoever wants to come up. So, you know, if the Celtics make a move, you know, come on down, Spotify Live. You can voice your opinions. Honestly, even if they're not about the Celtics, even if you just want to talk hoop, you know, we talk a little bit of everything before the show. Fantasy, you know, we talk about football a little bit. But, you know, we just kind of have an open-flowing discussion before the podcast. So, you know, make sure, you know, you come on down, download Spotify Live. You want to, you know, participate yourself in the discussion. You know, we're more than willing to make that happen. Yeah, man, make sure you guys um, follow us both on the Spotify Live app. But you guys can also follow us on Twitter. Mine's at Opinions. His is at Luca underscore Gainer. The show is at ethos celtics you guys can go ahead and check out the show on spotify and apple podcast make sure you guys leave those five star ratings and review we appreciate the support very much so allows us to continue making content and bringing it out to you wonderful people man uh again make sure you guys go ahead and check out anything you got you guys want to get involved in fantasy you like baseball you like football anything along those lines you can head over to sports ethos that's our company we work for and they actually have Tons of great shows. They got betting shows, baseball shows. Lucas is winning a baseball league because of the of. The- <laughs> oh, 
No, listen, I don't know. Any, no, I'm a, the most casual baseball fan you can ever imagine. And our guy, Joe, who does the MLB fantasy show pretty much daily, has got me up to a nine and two record right now. I'm feeling good about my baseball skills, even though, you know, they're very limited. But I know, you know, if there's a lot of people in here today who aren't Celtics fans, you know, go on Spotify, go on Apple, search your team in there. You know, they provide some great content. You know, we do some crossover shows. And, you know, I might even be joining, you know, a general NBA show for Sports Ethos soon. So, you know, you know, keep posting for that. You know, we'll definitely let everybody know about that as well. But, uh, no, Sports Ethos, man, such great content across the NBA, across sports in general, really. Make sure you go check those guys out. You know, the Mets guys are probably, you know, freaking out right now. So, you know, I would go over and download that show, give them a listen as well. Um, and, you know, we might have to have one of the Chicago Bulls guys on here if, you know, you know, if the Celtics sign Gallinari, we might have to just to uh, poke a little bit of fun at our guys, Keith and, uh, Keith and Trey. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And then thank you guys so much again for stopping by for another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics. Again, uh, me and Lucas, we're out. Peace.